You're listening to the Propane Fitness Podcast, your ultimate resource for fat loss and muscle gain with none of the gimmicks. With your hosts, Yusuf and Johnny. Simple rules, dramatic results. Look at this. (laughs) What a beautiful... How have we found ourselves here? (laughs) You're all the way over there on a sofa. And you're all the way over there on a sofa. (laughs) And if you're just listening to the casting couch. Well, if this is on iTunes and you're like, well, how do I know that you're on a sofa? Go over on YouTube. How can I see the sofa? You can see the sofa on YouTube. It'll be there. Lovely little setup, thanks to Video Man Dean, who gave us some pointers. You can now experience us in full HD. Video Man Dean's going to become a personality that you never see, but we mention frequently. If you listen to Modern Wisdom, you will have heard us mention Video Man Dean before. If you haven't, we feature on Modern Wisdom quite a lot. And it's mm. well too, worth it. Too much, to. actually. I would say. <laughs> Very good podcast. I've realised as well. I can't, there's no point in me talking to that camera. There's mm-hmm. no point in you talking to him. No. Well, I mean, see, I just did it. <laughs> but there's no point in. Well, he can see you a little bit. Okay. I think. Like that, for example. Yeah. <laughs> but there's no point in in even talking to the camera at all. Is there? How are we going to edit that bit? I suppose mean? we can show both. That's we're not editing a video, Mandina. Oh, uh, okay. Whenever so, I say video Mandine, I want to say Mandingo. Video Mandingo. Dean, change your YouTube handle to that. To just Dingo. Anyway, today we are talking about... Before you do, this water has been through a Brita filter. Uh, thanks to Eastern. And it's in a glass. So, listen to our last podcast. Well, it'll be a few weeks ago now. About There's, there's a couple. I did one on Instagram yesterday. Well, I spoke about... Go on. There's a dead fly. Are you sure? Tiny one. Let it's fine. It's very small. It's a baby one. You can see its wings. It's fine. I'll still drink it. On the surface? Yeah. Britta going to put in a complaint there's flies in your filters so today we are discussing taking the piss with if it fits your macros this was a, an article that that we gone done we gone done and it kicked up <laughs> such a storm um yeah people it, got it really, really did. rustled jimmies about this uh, about this article we've spoken about it a couple of times haven't we because it i think this will be it'll be probably six months ago where we reshared it on Facebook and we got like hundreds of comments of clinical levels of butt hurt. Yeah, and it was <laughs> yeah like A and E levels of <laughs> anal damage, and um, we mainly get comments from personal trainers, don't we? It's mainly people who promote like keto or something that clashes with the the idea that I can eat Haribo and lose weight, and they're mm-hmm. like, right, I'm gonna pull up my little box and stand on it and shout at these people definitely and a lot of it's straw manning it's saying that if that because this happened that that's somehow the approach that we advocate even though line number one of the article is we do not advocate this approach as the bastion of healthy eating so to start with I suppose that was so well recited someone would think you would you'd actually written that somehow written it yeah well Johnny what is clean eating (laughs) Well, 
It's a good question. I think it. It's like saying um, what's nice and what's not nice. You know, it's it. it Somebody decided somewhere. That exactly. That it's a, well, it's a definition that is relevant to the constraints that is framing the discussion. So, like a keto diet, for example, would have clean foods as being cream or butter or cheese. But then there would be other people who consider those foods to be dirty or unhealthy. So it, I mean, and without mind, like bacon mm-hmm. in keto is clean, but in a vegan diet, that's whoa. So these are all just arbitrary constraints that are placed by the framework mm-hmm. to make the framework seem appealing or seem <coughs> in some way magical. So I suppose it's, yeah, the, the, the general framework is unprocessed mm-hmm. foods that are... And there's nothing wrong with clean eating, nothing wrong with dirty eating. It's, it's all about the context. But I think the key, the, the thing that people do is, and this is understandable because we, we, you know, you step into the fitness world, you want to get a bit leaner, you think, right, what do I do? I'll follow this guy and this guy who's maybe some um, online PT or online bodybuilder or something is saying, you should eat bananas, tuna, spinach, eggs. And you're like, oh, okay, well, there's that, that video, something really... Like the nine foods that work? Have you seen that video? It was a 90s bodybuilder who only yeah. ate six foods. Six foods. And yeah. it, was, it, was, it was, as you said, it was like chicken, sweet potato, rice. And when you've got limited knowledge and you don't have a framework to fall into that, and we fell hook, line and sinker into this, mm. you think, well, ah, oh, there must be something particular about the properties of these foods that make me lose weight and I better not steer away from them. And, oh, they're clean. Oh, okay, clean, clean, right. Fair Only sticking that. to clean foods now. And then suddenly the the false dichotomy of these foods are okay, these will help with this fat, these ones won't because they're outside of this magical bracket of clean foods. And they're fattening or they're bad for me or they're unhealthy or they make you have, make you bleed green all up your uh, arm. <laughs> yeah, I've been eating too many clean it's, foods it's so if anyone's wondering whether Yusuf's like some kind of android and that's his, keep looking at that, and that's his coolant seeping out of his uh, machinery, you, you've been painting, haven't you? I've been rumbled. And you're doing your Monet impression this morning. Thanks for, for that cover story of, of painting, Johnny. It's, um, <laughs> I've, I've, and I was human. I am human. I, I mean, I still am. If you don't, that, that is Mark Zuckerberg talking on a, um, a public forum. Mark, if you're listening, shout out, Mark. Come on the podcast. And he, he makes a little Freudian slip where he says, um, and that's okay because you're human. And I was human. I, I, I mean, oh, 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 no. Oh, no. I mean, I am human. And uh, I think it's, it, there's some really good body language analyses of Mark Zuckerberg where they talk about... I think we're, we're getting off topic. <laughs> we're talking about clean eating. I don't know how we got on to well, that. Well, it was my fault. I, Zuck has done a lot of good things for a lot of people. Mm. And he might be a bit of a robot, but... You were just afraid of annoying him because we have a Facebook page. Terrifying. You don't want him to come along and... Because he's probably listening. Boot us off. He won't be listening himself, but one of his algorithms will be listening. Oh, you God. might be watching this on Facebook. Yeah, might so, be. And we'll get, we're now going on our road to getting our accounts banned. And just all... Sorry, Mark, we love you. All because he's just got uh, engine coolant on his arm. Um... Yeah, so, cause I, so I remember growing up and, th- and people saying to me, I don't know why this springs to mind, but like a mini roll springs to mind <laughs> for some reason. It's like a Cadbury's mini roll, like, that's fattening. Mm. And, and I hear so many, and you'll be the same, like, 
people who are outside the fitness industry, they're like, oh, I need to eat less. Like, oh, I can't have a mini roll. I'm being good. And for example, well, so with outside of and within the fitness industry, mm. and you can certainly get lean and have no idea what you're doing. Like when <laughs> I remember we before our first photo shoot, we were just about starting to jump out of the big pool of nonsense and um, slowly mm. getting to the step where we might start to know what we're doing. Maybe. <laughs> maybe about, that was maybe eight years ago now. Mm. And what happened? Uh, we were in a coffee shop and I was like, oh, oh I'll have a mocha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Johnny was like, what mocha? Are you mental? What are you doing? The main because... reason that I was so flabbergasted by that was because we were doing like a water loading strategy there was very specific foods we had to eat on those days. I was having like a green tea or something and you said just went mocha with. That's your go-to though, isn't it? It is. Whenever I'm in a coffee shop with you, it's like, what's the most extravagant thing that I might not have had before? <laughs> what's going to look the most impressive? And I'd pick that. That was a, that photo shoot was a bad prep. Drinking glycerin and dandelion tea, just mm. like dandelion coffee, but like just the granules ground into minimum amount of water. Dandelion extract, yeah. Horrible. So, where are we at next? Well, we're just talking about how clean eating is, or how foods are given classifications both inside and outside the fitness industry. Mm-hmm. And I think most people are raised, like, everyone, everyone has an opinion on nutrition. So, like, your parents have an opinion on nutrition, and they give that to you. And for the most part, that opinion is, like, these foods are good, these foods are bad, and then that gets magnified and expanded on by certain people in the fitness industry. So you arrive at this point, and you're like, right, I'm going to try and lose weight. I know there are foods that are healthy and foods that are not. And then that, that's just exploited by the fitness industry. Because if we were all born with this idea that it's just calorie balance, and that was all we'd ever been told, if someone pops up on your Facebook newsfeed and tries to tell you that insulin's to blame, you just wouldn't, you just wouldn't believe them, would you? You just wouldn't. Which is the same reason why an article like this gets so much criticism, because it's doing the same thing to that existing paradigm. Like, we're, we're, we're testing the beliefs that people have had their entire lives, and in some cases that people make money from, make a living out of promoting ideas contrary to this. So they're going to defend that very, very, very heavily, yeah. Because we're, well, we're threatening their, like, not only their income in some cases, their stability, their understanding. It's a very emotional thing for them to go through. And even, even though they're completely wrong. <clears throat> well, so... And we're absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, but it, it is hard to rescind on an opinion that you've had online that you've put out publicly and uh because you know it's an ego hit and you think people might think that you're an idiot or whatever but and how do you know that it's hard because we've done it we have and, and actually big time <laughs> yeah we you know we've written articles for the last 10 years on propane and you can see our evolution of thought on some of the more cringy articles it's, it, don't look back at them because it's like no, do you? it's like you're looking back at our like cringy teenage photos from yeah. like 15 but at the same time, we get messages from people saying, you know what, like, I actually respect the fact that you are willing to take the ego hit and say, you know what, in light of new evidence or in light of new learning, I think we were wrong on this. And mm. I think this is the new approach. Well, I think all we've ever done is apply, like, our training, which is not directly in health and nutrition. It's in economics, maths, statistics, medicine, accountancy. And just applying those frameworks and saying, like, what is the best set principles based on the evidence that we currently have access to? And that's just been what we've always done. And it just so happened that seven or eight years ago, there was a lot of fluff and a lot of noise and we got swept away with it. But I I find it unbelievable, to be honest, that when 
when we put out an article like this, it gets any kind of traction because it can be easy when you're inside your little bubble in the fitness world to think like everybody thinks it's just calorie balance and, and nobody still believes that insulin's a, a problem. And Cause it feels from within the fitness industry, like an absolute dead horse. It does. Flopped, but exactly. There are people. And, yeah. and so just to, just to carry on that vein then, <clears throat> it is certainly possible. I mean, we've seen from the people commenting that, it is possible to get fat eating only clean foods. Mm-hmm. I've done it, and it was really unpleasant. Me too. I, I went up to <laughs> 90 kilos fat, like really trying to stuff in the clean foods. And it was obviously quite high volume <laughs> foods. <and laughs> <awful>. <laughs> you remember James Gladstone? Yeah. So he 15 egg omelette before bed. So we, we've mentioned James quite a few times on this podcast. He's a hero for many reasons. Um, and there are loads of funny stories about James, but one of them was that he bought loads of unflavoured whey. 10 kilos. I think he called it like a power bulk or something. It was basically just (laughs) loads and loads of clean food, unflavoured whey, 15 egg omelettes, loads of dry chicken, loads of rice. For some reason, when you're in the clean eating mindset, you don't add any flavouring, any spice, any condiment. It's just like, right, I'm going to... It's like, this is hard. I'm going to make it as hard as possible. Horrible. But I think people... Some people get almost like a, a they wear it as a badge of honour mm-hmm. because it's like you know while someone sat there having their like their BLT and packet of crisps, I'm sat there with dry chicken breast and rice that's not been cooked very well and it tastes awful. And there's no seasoning. So I remember someone took the mick out of me because I would eat 500 grams of pasta and then I remember that and and then uh, <clears throat> tuna separately and then mm-hmm. oil. <laughs> And they were like, well, why don't you mix them together at least? Carbs, do- protein. Well, yeah, obviously. You know, that's just what you do. Um, a really interesting quote from Chris Masterjohn, PhD, as he always says, um, or as he labels himself. I think it's further down. Further down. Says, calories in, calories out is absolutely true. But just because calories count doesn't mean that nothing else counts. If you're going to build a plane and you don't believe in gravity, then I'm not getting in your plane. You should be building your plane with the central understanding that you are interacting within gravity. And then everything else follows from that. That's where the context comes from. Yeah. And I think it took us an embarrassingly long amount of time and an embarrassingly long number of hiccups to realise that we, we to, to realize we were, we were not operating within that context. We were just trying things without a central unifying framework, without realizing, hang on, all of this is subject to gravity. And if we just start from that as the first principle, everything else makes sense. <laughs> hey, Johnny here. Just a really quick interruption to this episode to let you know about a resource we now have up and running on propinfitness.com. One of the most popular questions we get from readers and listeners is, hey guys, what would you recommend for my starting calories for fat loss or muscle gain? How much protein, carbs, fat? How many calories should I eat to begin my journey as a starting point? Normally, this is something that we do for clients when they come into our program, The Propane Protocol. But recently, we have opened up the calculator that we use for all of our clients so that you can get a free calculation, a free starting point of what we would recommend if you were to start as a client with us for your protein, carbs, fats, and calories overall for either fat loss or muscle gain, customized to you and your goal. If you want to get access to that, it is totally free. 
you just have to go to propanefitness.com forward slash calculator, enter your information, and we will send your macros and your calorie recommendations to that email address. And we'll also send you a few free resources over email just to pad that out and ensure that you have the best possible chances of reaching your goals in fat loss and muscle gain. Hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. Yeah, so there's something that we've um, we've mentioned a few times. I think one of the one of the conversations we had that was like, like hold the phone, like this can't be right, was people get results with like so Kai Green gets results. I think we can agree on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty pretty undeniable. So Kai Green gets results, but also like there are plenty of people who use keto who get results. There are plenty of people who use intermittent fasting, veganism juice diets, weight watchers, slimming world, like all these people achieve weight loss. So there has to be a common thread here, but keto, keto's argument would say that Kai Green would never be able to get lean. Ever. Yeah. <clears throat> because he's having carbs first thing in the morning. He's having carbs all over the place. So there must be a freight something Kai Green, oh, but he's on drugs. That must be what it is. And then so that there's no when there's no way that your current level, your current model of belief can't explain results everywhere, there is something missing in that model. Like as soon as it's falsified, how does the keto advocate explain Kai Green's exactly. results? Like he's in he's in okay shape, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's so, doing all right. Yeah, so yeah. by that point you say, right, well he's an exception and then yeah, there's the, the weaseling out of the argument, mm. oh it's the drugs, oh it's he's a genetic freak, oh well, maybe those things are the case. Mm. But it's why he's got lean on eating carbs. So. Yeah. It's people like Martin Burkan, who's the lean gains creator, um, which is basically just skipping breakfast. He came out and said, you know, everyone had, and, and I remember the, again, the initial conversations we had when we read those articles in elite FTS, where he was saying, um, he said, just navigating the fly. I think I've just drunk it. It's fine. There. It's there. <laughs> um, everyone's like, you have to eat breakfast first thing in the morning for a whole host of reasons. John Barardi, Tea Nation, everyone was like, breakfast is the most important meal of the day, it's when you're most carb sensitive. And Martin Burkheim was like, actually, I'm shredded and I don't eat breakfast ever. Like, it's I'm shredded I'm, all the time. All, as well, the, all year round, <laughs> and I don't eat so, breakfast. So, so immediately, okay, neither of them can explain the other. Mm-hmm. That However, something else. credit to John Barardi, because he was like, you know what, I'm going to try this bloody lean gains. God, he really nonsense. tried it as well, didn't he? <laughs> And he gave it a proper experiment. Got very lean, surprisingly, <laughs> because he was operating within the constraints of gravity. <laughs> of calories in, calories out. Regardless of whether you believe the finer points, like it's it's like it's like I come along and say, I reckon I've got a plane that doesn't have wings, but it, it does that. Like that that's the wing, but I can make it take off if you like throw it a certain way. Yeah. And you're like, Well, no, you don't. But we're still arguing on the basis that the thing you have to beat is gravity. Mm. And so then it's a case of, right, let's test hypotheses within that. And then it's all going to... There was something you put in one of the WhatsApp groups that we're in the other day about simplicity and complexity. So you remember it what you was, said? I think it was a Charlie Munger quote, which is, if you give people complex constraints and frameworks and things to follow, they adopt stupid behavior because it's very much just like following the instructions whereas if you give people simple principle-based instructions they adopt very intelligent behavior and it's that's fantastic isn't it in every example i can think of it's Mm. true the more protocol driven and bureaucratic an organization becomes 
like the more idiotic everyone is. Last time you spoke to a phone operator for um, your bank or your your phone provider, and you're like, ah, oh, this is. Whereas if you speak to someone who is just given the freedom to make judgment calls themselves, it's a lot more of a. Well, it's, um, so I, I think when when you when you give someone the understanding of that you know that gravity is the principal driving force here, or obviously gravity in this context is calorie balance or energy balance, then the decisions that they then make as a result of that relate to their tastes and preferences rather than some arbitrary tastes and preferences, which is ultimately all these frameworks are. Yeah. It's like we have something that we know we need to achieve, which is arranging these variables that drive everything in terms of weight management in a certain way. So we either need to consume more or less than this number that is a moving target, but we have an idea of where it is. And then someone's saying, okay, the way that I'm going to do that is I'm going to remove all carbohydrate from my diet, or I'm going to remove these foods or these food groups from my diet. And this is why clean eating works, because Mm -hmm. if you eat clean foods, it's quite hard, as we've shown, to overeat on spinach and cauliflower and uh, eggs and broccoli and and chicken breast. Mm -hmm. So doing those things makes it harder to overeat. And so you're tricking yourself, whether you believe in calories in or calories out, you're tricking yourself into sticking to a calorie deficit. And so we've established that, yes, you can override it. If you really try and pound the food in, then you can gain weight on a clean eating diet and you can lose weight on a dirty diet. But the clean, dirty spectrum is a false dichotomy. So I think now that we've established that, there are some downsides to the standard dirty, if it fits your macros, style eating. So, definitely. Well, I mean, the obvious one. Satiety and hunger. So I, I think, so a lot of people look at, um, look at the way that Kai Green's eating and they go, oh, the, the way that he's eating must be what works. I think it's actually the other way around. Like, so Kai obviously understands at least some of, of what he's doing nutritionally. Like he's got a vague idea. Like if you give someone a calorie... He's a very smart guy. He is a very <laughs> smart guy, yeah. If you give someone a calorie allowance and say, it's the same as a, a, the financial analogy is really common. So like you have a budget for the week and going out and spending that budget on really expensive items is a stupid thing to do, really, isn't it? And most people, when placed under this constraint, like if you imagine you could not go over your calorie target for the day, you would be forced to make decisions around food that would probably end up looking like 80% of your diet was coming from single-ingredient, whole-processed foods. That's just the rational way, because of hunger and satiety. Absolutely. So, so it's like, the, I mean, see, the financial analogy works really well. Like, I'm mixing metaphors here, but you wake up and you're like, I've got £10 to spend on food. No, no, I've got £100 <laughs> to spend on food this week. You know, okay, for breakfast, I'll go to the Michelin star restaurant, have a mm. Michelin star breakfast. Lovely. Okay, it's £90. <laughs> yeah, I've I've got nine pound eighty to last me the rest of the week now. <laughs> oh well, I'll I'll just live on dry rice for the rest of the week. You know, well, what was the point in that? Like, mm. yes, I had a great meal, and yes, it still fit my budget, but I've used up so much of it that there's no point. So, yeah, as you said, like you find that yourself gravitating to if I if the world suddenly becomes your oyster and you want to lose fat, you want to hit low calories eventually you're going to be like, you know what, I'm kind of wasting my um, hunger points on waking up and having a donut because that was like 300, 400 calories and I'm still hungry. And now I've got a smaller allowance left for the rest of the day and 
I've screwed it up. And the way that that food is is put together, like using it using a donut, there's not much about a donut that is designed to promote satiety. Like it's relatively small in total volume. It's a pretty potent mix of carbohydrate and fat, and it tastes. It's designed to taste fantastic. So no one eats a donut and goes, "Wow, God, I don't want a donut for a while." Most people eat a donut and go. Probably have another donut. Mm-hmm. And so you're not going to get that if you go for the standard bodybuilding foods of like scrambled eggs or oats or, and you know, I don't think those foods that you see in bodybuilders diets, I don't think that that's an accident. It's a very deliberate, like, look, I'm going to be really hungry if I don't start making some sensible decisions here. That's not to say that those foods are in any way required or magical. It's just a set someone who's managing their budget sensibly. But these are all the arguments for clean eating mm-hmm. and, when people don't have a context or just in general, people polarize and they flip between extreme views. And so the, the pro clean eating crowd starts getting results and they're like, oh, well, this must work. And then the, if it fits your macros crowd, I go, no, no, forget that. You can eat whatever you want. And then obviously you take that to the extreme and people are like, I'm just going to eat pop tarts and donuts all day. And they miss out on the benefits that they would have got from the clean food, which would be satiety and micronutrients, as well as a couple of other things, which we'll cover micronutrients, it's just vitamins, minerals, fiber. That stuff obviously is in nutrient-dense foods, hence the name, um, much more densely, much more than in Pop-Tarts. So clean foods have more micronutrients. And so if you're eating exclusively dirty foods, you're not going to be very full and you're going to have to supplement with micronutrients to hit your targets. So those are the two downsides and we can account for them. But this post was really about us taking the mick with the if it fits your macros style approach of eating i think the <clears throat> those downsides only occur at the extreme end as well don't they because if it fits your macros it doesn't necessitate like as a desire without someone taking the piss with it it doesn't necessitate that you never touch a vegetable or, or anything like that but it yeah it, the problem with this approach as with all approaches is that there is a tendency to move towards that end of the spectrum of like, I'm going to have ice cream for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And you, you do that for a while. You, I'm sure you will run into nutrient deficiencies, as you say, mm-hmm. but also like you're going to be starving and it's not what you think is going to be an enjoyable existence actually will not be an enjoyable existence at all. And it wasn't. And we, we tried it out for six months and, you know, j- really just for lulls and to, to prove a point, to write an article about it, we, we always do these things to ourselves for the sake of journalistic pieces. But um, <laughs> so here's, here's where I'm going to remove the proverbial arrow and draw back the proverbial bow and allow Yusuf to go full med student on, on the criticism that we get on this article, which is stuff like, um, like, this is a recipe for diabetes, uh, this is a recipe for heart disease you are going to run into all sorts of health complications with, with dental health, with your insulin, etc. Yeah, that, so that is probably the most common criticism mm-hmm. that we get. and Usually from people who haven't read the article. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> 90% of people who haven't read the article. But um, the other thing is, like, obviously this isn't the approach we're recommending. This is just saying, we did this, and surprise, surprise, gravity still exists, we still lost weight, but there are better ways to do it. Now... To address the specific half-baked criticisms that we do get, which is, <laughs> oh, but what about insulin? Like, look up cortisol, mate. Like, you, you, you guys are clowns. You don't know what you're talking about. I've got my level 3 PT, and let me tell let you. Let me tell you that, yeah. Um, oh, I, I missed that my medical degree. <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> I, I feel sorry for your coronary arteries. Um, yeah, you may have lost fat, but enjoy your diabetes. Like, all of these miss the fundamental um, co- the pathophysiology, the, the way that these diseases manifest is primarily from sustained overfeeding, sustained weight gain, and the biggest um, factor in cancer is diet and is overeating, which is frightening, because I thought it would be smoking or something like that. But um, Now, ultimately, we can mitigate against the risks of all these things by losing weight. It doesn't matter how you lose the weight. If you... Yes, there are... You know, there are ways that you can improve the quality of that. But if you have diabetes, your pancreas is overworked for the amount of cells and and, uh, for the volume of your body that it has to accommodate for. So if you make that body smaller, (coughs) it doesn't matter whether you're eating Pop-Tarts or not. If you do that, you're going to not be loading the pancreas as much. Newcastle University did a study a couple of years ago where they fed people 600 calories a day for 10 weeks and were able to reverse type 2 diabetes, which is absolutely Phenomenal. incredible. Yeah. Um, so a couple of the things we mentioned, like the... <clears throat> I mean, in, insulin responds to a total amount of blood sugar, regardless of how fast or slow that blood sugar is, mm. or you know, how, how complex or simple the carbohydrates are. And so overeating will eventually produce the same amount of total blood glucose from complex carbs or simple carbs. And so you still need the same amount of insulin. So if you just eat less, that's going to cover the area under the curve. It's um, as if someone thinks that there is a, 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 a different response. And I know you could say, well, like insulin, it, there's a, there's a, a, a the, the, the magnitude of the of response is higher is or lower. Higher, but there's still, if there is an amount of carbohydrate, that still has to be processed, whether it's from whole grain bread or Haribo. Mm-hmm. Your body doesn't go like, ah, oh, he's had whole grain bread. Let's let him off. We'll just let blood sugar run riot. Like there still has to be regulatory mechanisms put in place. Totally. And I'm, I'm not saying that you, we should be eating sugar all day. I'm not saying that at all, but I'm saying that it's putting the cart before the horse by saying, worrying about sugar and not even considering calories, because that is the fundamental thing that's going to affect whether you lose weight and you, you save on all of those risk factors for obesity-related diseases. So the same with coronary heart disease. Like Your total cholesterol is much more bound to your body fat, your, how lean you are, rather than the amount of cholesterol in your diet. Unless you have a genetic um, problem with disposing cholesterol, you are really... It, it's pissing in the wind to be trying to micromanage the type of cholesterol you eat in your diet and not losing weight, not getting leaner. So what you're saying there is that the things that... The things that, that we need to manage in order to manage our risk of cancer, diabetes, and heart disease are actually controlled by focusing on total calories. They're all centered around that. The, the, those the, being overweight is the problem, not the mm. type of the calories that you eat and being the problem. Being overweight is caused by calorie surplus sustained over time, not one macronutrient, not one <laughs> micronutrient, not an absence or presence of any one particular food group. Totally. And mm. if you were to, um, yes, a lot of people who get fat ate a lot of dirty foods because they weren't very filling, but they are two separate issues. Well, it's the most efficient way to eat calorie surplus. Yeah. Like if I said to you, you've got to eat 4,000 calories a day, you, as, as we both experienced, <laughs> like doing that with a clean diet is difficult. 
very, extremely difficult. Very unpleasant. And probably a lot of the people who are eating the foods that are highly processed and dirty are probably in a calorie surplus without actually necessarily trying or thinking that they are because they aren't favorably influencing things from a satiety and hunger management perspective. Yeah, exactly. And so there's, there's many obesity-related conditions that um, that you'll be able to think of. It's really a multi-system disease, and the fact that it can affect yeah cancer, osteoarthritis, coronary heart disease, metabolic syndrome, diabetes, high blood pressure, all these things. And th- they can all be fixed by losing weight much more rapidly than they can by changing your diet quality, if at all, by changing just the, quali- the quality of your nutrients. So anyway, that point aside... <clears throat> We took the piss the opposite way. We went with, if it fits your macros, eight defined calories and macros, and took the mick. And there's a picture of the foods that are my, my naughty cupboard, my sweets cupboard, and uh, I got very lean. I got the leanest I've ever been in my life. So... I, I, think, I think it's important... Sorry to interrupt. I think yeah. it's important to classify what we mean by taking the piss. Because... If I took someone off the street that's never tracked their diet or doesn't have a consideration of how much protein they're consuming or doesn't have a consideration of like, the importance of dietary fibre, for example, them taking the piss would look very different. And I think if you've got 2,500 calories, when we were doing this experiment, an amount of that was coming from protein. And that has to come from certain sources anyway. Like, you can't really go too far off the beaten track when getting your protein and there will have been a certain amount of fibre as well so I remember you saying like unless <clears throat> unless you're getting your like if you have carbs protein and fat sources mm. you will naturally regulate unless you're decidedly getting your protein from with, uh, black, widow black widow venom and <laughs> your all your fat from margarine mm. and all, all your fat like fructose the inside of an Oreo just scooping <laughs> out loads of that that'd be lovely like the guy who uh, made a you know cream eggs yeah so Oh, I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> small, small chocolate egg full of basically icing sugary syrup. And this guy got a Easter egg, which was cream egg branded. And he was disappointed that it was a hollow one with lots of little ones in. He was like, no, I want a big cream egg. So he went about making his own. It took 37 little cream eggs to scoop out to create a full... What was most impressive about it was that he'd maintained the composition of the, in- the insides. yeah. I don't like, know how he must have separated. That is a man with a steady it. hand. Very steady hand. Um, <laughs> must have weighed about two kilos as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, so I've, I've consumed, I think, 1.5 kilos of carbs in a day. That'll be about my, my peak. That was when we were doing alternate day fasting. Like, as you can see, if you don't already know this, like Yusuf and I... Are weird people. We, 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 think, we spot something and think, that might work. I know what I'll do. I'm just going to lie on the train tracks and hope the train doesn't run me over. And then at the end of it, I'll be able to say it worked or it didn't. But we were doing alternate day fasting. I got up to 1.5 kilos of carbs. And that was... That's 1,500 grams. You just feel a bit... You just feel a bit... Re- bit weird. Really, really full. Very full. Uh, and not... Weirdly, not very satiated. It's very strange. Because you just... Very head buzzy. Yeah. So I, mean, I imagine that's what that man felt like after eating that egg. Yeah. And, and so... we we do have to keep reiterating, this is not an approach that we advocate, but as Johnny said, we like to just take an idea, lie on the train tracks, take it to its extreme, and you know that if you take anything and you do it abnormally, you're going to get abnormal results. And if mm. you do something abnormal to your body, 
you're going to get abnormal results. And the, the main downside that is not really very avoidable from any of this, and we got a comment from a dentist about this, which is totally valid, is that if you eat exclusively sweets, it doesn't matter what's happening to your calorie balance, you're going to be damaging your teeth. And so that's one more reason to not take the mick. My only retort to that is that, so back to the point of like, if you have two and a half thousand calories, an amount that's coming from protein, there's going to be some fiber. Mm -hmm. There has to be some fat. Yeah. So the amount of sugar that there can be is inherently constrained. So it's self-regulated by the rest of your targets. Yeah. And like, if you, I mean, I I challenge you as the the viewer to, or the listener, if you're on iTunes, Mm. to eat only Haribo all day. It yeah. actually, like, you, by the end of, by mid, by lunchtime, you'd be like, oh man, I because just want some... We specified Haribo cheesecake and Pringles in the article, which means, <laughs> by definition, that you can't over-egg sugar without going over your calories. Yeah. So you're, it, because you're operating within those constraints, like, there's going to be, maybe in some cases in, the, in this diet, we were consuming more fat than carbohydrate in terms of calorie contribution. And so, yes, sugar's not great from a dental health perspective, but what we didn't do is consume ad libitum any food we wanted. Mm-hmm. And I think the criticism loses any validity when someone who is not tracking their calories has no idea how many total carbohydrates they're eating a day or how much sugar they're consuming per day from all sorts, including fruit juice, including all of these things. And they say, oh, sugar's bad for your teeth. Like, well, yes, it might be, but you might be eating in your non taking the piss approach you might be eating more sugar I see and so it's a or to say this won't work or this is bollocks or mm-hmm. it, that's like no no gravity doesn't exist mm. I'm just um, it's, it's all about wings if yeah. I just run really fast with these wings I'll fly I'll fly yeah you're like well, okay like yeah I'm sure if you run really fast and do it you will a little bit it's just an alternate ex- explanation for something that's happening. But I know, but, but gravity's bollocks. Like, you're just talking, you're like, well, I don't know where you go from there. I think, like, so people, people ask, a few people said, like, oh, guys, people are reacting like this because it's a clickbait, clickbaity headline. The reason that we took this approach with it is because if you've got someone who is so entrenched in their beliefs that they, they will not accept anything but their version of reality, you aren't going to convince that person by presenting a well-balanced, mild, meek argument in an, in, a, in an article title that says something like, this is kind of our opinion. We're not really sure about it, but you know, take from it what you want. I would also disagree that it's a clickbaity headline. It's exactly like... Exactly what we did. Is what, exactly what we did, yeah. <laughs> so it, it's, not, it's not like we missold the article as some... Well, but, clickbait would be something like, um, I ate one kilo of Haribo, you won't believe what happened. Yeah. That's clickbait. Whereas we're like, we, you very, just... very much will believe what happened. <laughs> because, <laughs> because, because it's, it's outlined in the, in the title. Yeah. So, so anyway, sorry, I'm absolutely derailed you. The whole internet is clickbait anyway. Everyone wants you to click on that link. <laughs> so. <laughs> I wonder what the. Uh... It's such a damning review, but it's completely right. <laughs> like if you never, if nothing was clickbait, you would just scroll infinitely through Google and through Facebook and never look or stop at anything. If you were no longer allowed to entice anyone to click on things. Or be, imagine if nothing was clickable. You wouldn't have that blue underline under a link. The world would be a very one-dimensional place. So one more thing just to note before we move on is that... Yousef takes drugs. Yeah, so there was a surprising number of people accusing me of 
being on steroids in the photos um, in the in the article. And I think that's partly that that dietary approach doesn't match my worldview. Therefore, it must have been drugs. And the other thing is, they saw the photo and thought, um, I don't look like that. So looking like that's not achievable without drugs. And people do the same thing with like successful entrepreneurs or famous people or like anytime anyone's experience results in something that they don't have. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, it can't just be through what I'm doing. They have to have cheated. Because what, because it didn't work for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you're looking at me on video. <clears throat> I'm not a huge guy. Like I've, I've got okay proportions and on a photo, maybe it, um, looked well better, but you, you, you've trained consistently for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Like I was in the gym with Yusuf watching him do squats every day with Gomad. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> Which sounds a gallon of milk a day. When we were 17, we've trained together for over 10 years. So that's it. Like we, we just look like people that have trained for 10 years. Well, and we were extremely lean in the photos. Like I, I, I really do not think because I tracked my macros very precisely <laughs> And, and trained consistently for six months. But you were six months. so lean. Like, <laughs> I, I, unless you've seen or been stage lean, you won't be able to appreciate the level of body fat that Yusuf was at, especially on his upper body. And that, like, if you've got the foundation of training for 10 years and you drop to that level of body fat and you take your top off, put some good lighting on and take some photographs, you too will get steroid criticism. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, that explains... Fair enough. Um... And, you know, ultimately, in person, in a t-shirt, like, I'm, I was 76 kilos. Like, that's not really a... Like, t- to be 76 kilos at 175 centimetres does not warrant steroid use. Well, it would be kind of embarrassing results, wouldn't it? If, oh. like, if you'd been, like, bursting at the seams with drugs <laughs> and you were only 76 kilos... Doing something wrong. Yeah. Probably not. Well, like, the in, macros. injecting and, like, missing... And it just shooting the shooting the shooting over, the other side. over there. <laughs> You've got a massive cat walking around. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe injecting your food when eating the food. Would that still work? So that was a um, problem in in one of the hospitals where they were teaching newly diagnosed diabetics how to inject insulin, and so they were like, right, so here's the orange, inject it like that. This is just like showing them how to use the needle. And one person's blood sugar control was still just way out of control. And they were like, right, what's, what's going on? And it turned out she was injecting it into the orange and eating the orange. So... Is that just because the insulin would never make it into your blood? Yeah, it would just break right. down. Um, so... So do, don't inject oranges. That's don't do it. So what were your carbitrates? My carbitrates were Haribo, Fizzy Cola Laces, Cocoa Pops, Rice Pudding, Fruit, Sorbet... Wagon wheels. Wagon wheels. Wagon wheels. Um, you used to love wagon wheels. Yeah, I used to nail them. I I think I've only stopped because I can't see them on sale anymore. You're a lot less trendy with your foods now. Yusuf has always been extremely trend-driven. So, like, there'll be one thing. Like, it yeah. was... You had broccoli soup. Remember that? Nailed broccoli soup. The, Anything cauliflower. In fact, so, so there we go. <laughs> when I approached the very lean levels during this diet... I naturally gravitated to clean foods because mm. of exactly the reason that you said before, which is like, if you were to continue just eating fizzy cola laces for your carb intake every oh. day, I've only got 200 grams of carbs to play with. I'm not going to be wasting them on something that if I eat a packet of them two minutes later, if, I'm hungry. If you've never tracked macros before, you'll not appreciate that 200 grams of carbs. You're like, oh, well, that's loads. But actually, <laughs> it's really not, there's a it? lot of 
of the, the carb, what word am I looking for? Incidental, Incidental carbohydrate in foods that you think would be protein dominant or fat dominant. You know, you, you'll build up 60, 70 grams without even really trying. And then you're like, wow, That's why keto okay. is so hard. Yeah. Because you really have to. And so, yeah, towards the end, I was eating one to two kilograms of <laughs> cauliflower every day. Um, you just hunt for, you're just looking for mechanical fullness, aren't you? Like, I was you're just looking for stomach volume. Well, in all seriousness, I was looking at a box of tissues and being like, I could eat that. I, I wonder if I'd, that would make me quite full. Or like sponge and that kind of thing. So you'd just be like... These experiences to... drove the article, Why I Stopped Caring About Leanness, which you can also check out. Um, I'll cover that in a podcast soon. It's already, there's already a podcast on it. Oh, there we go. It's already there. So what was your protein? Protein was whey, chicken, fish, and steak. So you said I don't get it. Those are all clean foods. There we go. You, I mean, like the article's clearly all bullshit because you're lying. You, well, yeah. I mean, the, I, just, I can't even think of a dirty source of protein. I suppose it's a pro- protein bar, but they're still got they're made from whey. So yeah, if you're gonna like so collagen, mm. soy protein crisps, not ideal. Soy protein crisps, yeah, they're, they're that's nasty. what that's what's in most grenade bars and. Like they claim that they say like oh, I was way way isolate milk protein, and then loads of that in there some of the more expensive ones and loads of the cheaper ones are just soy, mm. soy and collagen, hydrolyzed collagen. Yeah, mm. delicious. <laughs> and then fats were dark chocolate, cheese, Pringles, pastries, and cheesecake. And naturally, <laughs> I love how pastries is just. Pastries is such a broad-reaching thing. <laughs> anything. It's a category, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, but naturally, as as you get leaner, as your hunger starts to get really gnawing at you, you mm. just gravitate to the clean foods. Not because they're clean, but because you just want bang for buck. You want high volume, low calorie foods. I remember. I remember going food shopping. For I used to. I used to get to the end of the day and I'd have run out of like salad because I used to just have salad with every meal. Like a big, big bag of salad. And I used to buy myself a snack in the supermarket to have in the car because I was so fucking hungry. And it was a cucumber. <laughs> a snack was a cucumber. Like, you see most you see most people <laughs> leave the supermarket and, like, they bought themselves, like, a chocolate bar with some shortbread. Yes, and I just had the entire cucumber still in its wrapper, just, like, bursting. I Excited could not wait well. to get into that cucumber. That's it. And, and that's what it does to you. Not this approach, but just getting getting extremely lean and, and being that hungry. Yeah, something like a cucumber is almost like sweet, <sighs> delicious. It's, it's cr- and then a raspberry. Oh, is like, flavor explosion! It's so decadent. It's a symphony of taste. Your brain just ramps up the sensitivity <laughs> to food reward, and you're just like to bring Kai Green back again. I remember him sat on his prep. He was eating like steak and white rice, and he was like. I all I can think about is a food that I, food that I'm going to have after my bodybuilding show. But I know from experience that this meal right now is way nicer than anything I'm going to have later because mm-hmm. I just cannot get enough of what I'm eating right now. That's exactly it, um, and it's why we recommend bland, boring, mechanical foods during a diet. We don't actually recommend, <laughs> as we've said, <laughs> to do this taking the piss approach because you've got these like extreme flavors all the time. And your reward centers in your brain are going crazy with, with in the response to that. Whereas if you just stick to bland mechanical food at the same time every day, it becomes clockwork. Food starts to take less and less of a um, mental ram in your head. And you end up just eating to function. And the way that Alberto Nunez said it was incredible. He was like, yeah, I can deal with hunger because 
at the end of the day, you're sat here, you're safe, you're warm, you've got a roof over your head, you've got enough food to sustain your body, like, there's, there's not much more than that. It's and like it, listening to a samurai talk about how <laughs> using a sword's really easy, or, you know, listening to a Buddhist monk how, like, meditating's really basic. You know, like, Alberto Nunez is... I remember hearing him say that he'd, he'd snuck a bodybuilding prep past his wife. Like, so he'd got stage lead and his wife didn't even realise he was dieting. <laughs> like, that is unbelievable. But, so he, he has a really great approach to food in general. And I think really, like... That's like level 10 master. Oh, right? Yeah, well, he's beaten the final, but he is the final boss. <laughs> what, what I think is important to take from this article is not, I should be eating Haribo to lose weight. It's that if you find yourself in a situation on a given day or in a social setting or you have a massive craving for something, those things are acceptable, fine. They, have a, they can be included in a diet and it doesn't, it's not going to have any negative impact despite what most other people will tell you. And we have shown it by just eating exclusively those things and uh, getting really hungry at the same time. Johnny said, I believe the main issue with If It Fits Your Macros is that the two extreme views, it encourages believing that Pop-Tarts are the fountain of youth and the answer to world peace, or that your diet needs to be super clean to work, you've had a sexual relationship with sweet potato and your beef needs to have been grass-fed, massaged and told bedtime stories, otherwise you will actually die. So, there's a picture of both of us. Um, Hashtag grass-fed dinner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So there's a picture of Johnny um, after this experiment, and he is bone-shredded. picture of me after the experiment. I'm very lean. Um, you said much leaner than I am. And so, ultimately, we just realised that it doesn't matter. There's an analogy that I, I remember writing. Like, I look back on it now, and it's a little bit extreme. But at the time, I was like... It's, it's honestly how it felt at the time. So, like, bear in mind, we'd just come off the back of car backloading. We'd just come off the back of ultimate day fasting. Um, all right, I can remember what it is. Sorry. Um... And so like, we were very focused on fat loss is, is driven by when we eat and what we eat at those times rather than how much we eat. And so it was like the... I remember thinking this won't work when we did this experiment. Um, and the way that it felt was it's like <clears throat> every day I was sat in the office I was working at the time thinking every day I walk down like five flights of stairs to get to the bottom floor. And I do that because I think that that's the only way that I can get to the bottom floor. If... And, and, like, I don't jump out the window, even though that would be much quicker. I don't jump out the window because I think there's no way that'll work. But if one day someone showed me that that was the quickest way, I would never take the stairs again. Mm-hmm. Like, ra- rationally, you would... Well, you, it's, we, we rotated through the non-quickest ways. So, like, we tried playing around with what with when you eat for a while. We mm-hmm. tried playing around with what colour the food was <laughs> for a while. You know, like, all these different... Th- and it's, it's like someone saying, like, oh, I'll, I'll ship for, for £100... I'll show you how to get down the stairs. And his, his method is you um, put yourself in a bin bag, curl up in a ball, and then he wraps a rope around it and he pushes you down the stairs. And that's, that's one method. And yes, sometimes you will get to the bottom of the stairs. You bounce off the walls and you hit the bottom. Um, and then another guy goes, oh, for, for £200, I will show you how to get down the stairs. You just need to close your eyes. And he pushes you out the window. And yeah, you get to the bottom of the stairs, but it really hurts. So that's another another way and, that, and we keep trying this and eventually there's a guy that's like mate I'll just tell you for free like okay just come just follow my lead and he puts on some shoes tells you to put some shoes on and then he, he walks down the stairs you've broken my analogy there though I have broken the analogy <clears throat> hopefully people stay with the analogies there 
I think the point here, so I, I remember once we'd done this experiment, trying to sort of become more ritualistic. I've just realised, I, I didn't remember your analogy and I've just completely messed up. I just up. said it, I said it again. But the, yeah. So the, the idea is like, no one jumps out the window because everyone thinks they will die if they jump out the window. And that's the belief that you have. In the same way that like, Mars bars are fattening, um, fizzy drinks are bad for me, like all these things that we've grown up believing. Like I've never jumped out a window. Have you ever jumped out a window? I don't know. That, I don't know for sure that I will definitely fall to my death. Okay, it's just a leap of faith. Yeah, and that's what this was to me at the time. It was like I'm not really convinced that going take the piss levels with all this will work because everything that I'd read and learned up to that point contradicted it. Mm-hmm. But once you've done it, what about cortisol? What about insulin? Exactly. What about- the the um, do, you, do you remember when I plotted out on Excel a graph of all of the hormonal interactions at different times in the day? Do you yeah. Remember that? Like that's the level that we got down to. I was like, if we did four o'clock, this will be the this will be the hormonal result of that. You're like, that's like saying, you know, if I jump two steps at a time or one step at a time, or two steps down and one step back, two steps down, one step purple down. t-shirt, it, because of the way that it hits the sun, mm-hmm. it's gonna cause me to land. But if you just go, just jump, you're like, oh my god. That was so much easier. You, you will never, ever go back to the harder methods. Yeah. So it's the only way to convince yourself. Something that... So Rob Wolf is like one of the, the leaders behind Paleo. I think he wrote the book, The Paleo Solution, I <laughs> think. Um, and I've always thought this. His, his logic and argument for someone to try, to try Paleo is just do it for 30 days and tell me you don't feel any different. It was the same way you got me to start meditating. It's like... And I'm not saying that paleo is the right way, but that's... So what, what was the meditation example for people that haven't heard? I was struggling to get any kind of results with meditation. Yusuf said, meditate 30 minutes for 10 days and tell me you don't feel any different. Like, it, the only way to prove anything to yourself really is to take it up to a critical dose and then just do that. And so Rob's saying, I feel that these benefits are associated with paleo, do it for 30 days and try. And you can't argue with that, can you? If like, anything, taking the piss highlighted us highlighted to us the downsides very mm. clearly as well yeah which were exactly what we just outlined the the hunger the um the fact that certain dirty foods are just inappropriate when you're that lean mm. <clears throat> the micronutrients the dental stuff all that stuff like it it becomes very obvious when you do the thought experiment or the real experiment and just take it to the extreme and then you can be like right now I see the pros and the cons. I can start to calibrate. I can follow an approach that is more sustainable and that doesn't end up, as Johnny says, with you waking up every day with this banner across the top of your room that's like, hey, you're on a diet because it's constantly in your mind because it's such a hard thing to follow. Exactly. So if you don't believe us still, which you maybe don't, the only way to prove it to yourself is, is try it. But you've got to measure things that matter, which is a sub- one of the things you spoke about in... The Thailand episode, where you said speaks about how the world's going to end, for lots of very relevant reasons. But you're like, um, you know, measure something that you're actually trying to affect. So like, track your scale weight every morning, and eat crap, but but track it, manage your macros, eat foods that you think will cause weight gain, and watch what happens. As long as you're managing, you only need to do it for two weeks. Yeah, fourteen days is enough. There we go. But as long as you know, don't rig it and then come back and tell us that. (laughs) Mars bars cause fat gain. Because I tried to experiment. I ate 5,000 calories of Mars bars and I bloody gained weight. You're like, oh, well, um, I don't know what to tell you, I'm afraid. <laughs> That's it. So this, uh, this podcast should be 
hopefully attached to the article that we're referring to. Is that right? Yeah. If the internet gods allow us to do that. So if you're listening and you think, I'd love to check out the article, I'd love to see some of the progress photos, have a look on propinfitness.com, search for how we got lean while eating Haribo cheesecake and Pringles, um, and you'll see the written version along with some photos of us with our tops off and fairly revealing leg shots, I suppose, as well, for the lads. And uh, a photo of Yusuf's desk while you were eating. Oh, yeah. There's, the- like, there's like creatine and then refreshes <laughs> and whey or something like just that. Just the naughty cupboard. Great. It's not naughty. Well, it's just a cupboard. Oh, yeah, you're right. Don't classify there, there is no naughty. Let's, Don't throw shade on those foods. Let's not, let's not throw shade. <laughs> We've already thrown enough shade today. Okay, guys, if you have any questions or anything you want us to address in more depth, give us a shout through any of the channels that you follow us on, and we will get back to you. Bye. Bye. Hey, Johnny again. Hope you enjoyed that episode. So we have an opportunity for you, something that we have put together that is totally free, that is a synthesis of everything that Yusuf and I have learned in fat loss, muscle gain, nutrition, training, lifestyle, habits, the works. Everything that you hear on these podcasts, condensed and more, condensed into a synthesis of seven days of learning and immersive experience to totally overhaul, enhance and accelerate the results you're getting currently in your training and your nutrition, no matter how advanced you are or aren't. We put together a virtual learning interactive coaching experience called the 7-Day Kickstart that you can take part in whenever you're ready to. To join, simply go propinfitness.com forward slash 7-Day Kickstart. Enter your details and you'll be sent everything that you need. You'll be coached by the Propin Fitness coaching team over 7 days for free. You'll get 7 days of content sent to your email completely for free. And it gives you a look behind the scenes of what we do with clients and gives you a ton of information that previously was only available to paying clients inside of our world. So propinfitness.com forward slash seven day kickstart to take part and we hope to see you inside. See you in the next episode. Speak soon.